Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. On today's episode, money coach for hairstylists and my dear friend, Misty Jane, is sharing some tough love and important lessons. As a beauty professional, your relationship with your clients is paramount. And you might be surprised to learn that growth in your salon business truly does start with you. This thought-provoking episode will show you how powerful it can be to drop the ego and dig deep. Not only will you grow your business behind the chair and increase your client retention, but you will be a happier person. Misty is sharing the three shifts that she made behind the chair that made a huge difference in how she feels, how she works, and the bottom line in her business. And make sure you listen to this episode right to the end because Misty and I are sharing some of our favorite resources and books that you can dive into if you want to really go further on this. So Without further ado, let's dive into three unexpected shifts that will grow your business behind the chair. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Misty. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Hi, Jody. You know I always love our conversations. Bring it on. <laughs> so, you know, I think that there is so much conversation all the time about what we should be doing behind the chair. And a lot of it is really valid. Like the business strategies and marketing strategies, those are all very important. But one thing I love about our conversations is we tend to go a little deeper. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we're doing today. We're going to talk about the three unexpected shifts that you can make that will grow your business. And this is not going to be what you expect. I can guarantee. No, not at all. I mean, I know for me, when I was behind the chair, I was like 14 or 15 years in. I was doing all the things people teach you. I mean, I was listening to Brit Siva on my way to work and like coming into work and like implementing all the things, right? So I had a great clientele. I was making good money. I was I was a little burnt out. I was doing some things that, you know, it just, I loved my job and I just felt like I, well, why not? Like if people yeah. want to come see me, everyone come see me. And it, and it, I think the burnout aspect is where I was getting a little thrown off with all the information, right? Like bring in more clients, make more money, sell more products, learn all the techniques. And I was getting exhausted. And it wasn't until I learned a different aspect that mm-hmm. my business really grew. And when I say grew, I mean like making the same amount of money, taking less people and having people in my chair that I absolutely loved. So then it went from like tired, burnt out business that I still love doing hair to, holy shit, I absolutely adore my job. Right. And I think that once you get into that space, that's how you build sustainable business practices, right? Because a lot of the, you know, 
hustle culture, for lack of a better word. And I want to say that it is perfectly acceptable to work really hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And I think sometimes like we shift the conversation. People think like, you know, I'm against hard work, which is absolutely not true. There are times in my business, both behind the chair and now in the education space where you do work really hard, but that is very different than that like burnt out hustle mentality. And I think that one of the things that is problematic when it comes to the work more, do more, be more conversation is that nobody can sustain that for the long term. And what ends up happening is you start dropping balls, your business suffers, your clients suffer, and ultimately you, your family, everything suffers, right? Like you can't sustain it for long. So when you get to a place where and I, I always refer to what you just described as building an aligned clientele, an aligned business, then it all of a sudden becomes a source of inspiration and joy. And yeah, you're probably going to have hard days or days where you know a client takes you a lot longer than you expected, but it's a lot easier to handle when it's the exception, not the rule, you know? A hundred percent. I always say that it is it it's not necessarily anti-hustle, it's having hustle seasons. And when hustle lasts too long is when it turns into burnout. And that's when it turns into a problem. Because it's Absolutely. not fair for somebody who wants to open a salon or start a business to say that hustle is not going to be involved. Yeah. That that's not accurate, you know? No. So yeah, on the hustle thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I found that um what really brought my business to this beautiful place where I enjoy, like I was excited when I woke up in the morning to go to work, yeah, you know, that. and it was more of this almost an internal growth that is what did it because you yeah. can get the techniques all day long. You can get the do this, how to talk to a client all day long, but it was things that I had to, I had to look in within myself that changed how I looked at my business and in turn change the relationships with my clients, change the relationships with the people I worked around, really change the relationships with everyone in my life. You know, I, you know me, I always, I say business, but everything I talk about goes into every aspect of life, not just behind the chair. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I just, before we move on to the first point, cause I know these are very personal to you and like things that have really helped you behind the chair. And just to close off this conversation surrounding like hard work and hustle, one of the things that I always think about is, and I don't know if this is like actually true, but the phrase really does paint a picture for me that a plane uses 70% of its fuel at takeoff. Mm. So the things that you do to build your business aren't necessarily going to be the things that you do to sustain your business. And I think that's where, you know, sometimes we get it like twisted a little bit because yes, I think that, you know, spending the time to learn those business skills, set up your marketing, build your brand, all of those things, build your business. That's of course going to take more work, but that doesn't mean that that's what you should kind of expect and put on yourself for the long term. So I love that you said that it was, you know, something that, once you had it's almost like in phases right so you you have the building phase but the building phase can't and shouldn't really last forever even right. you know once you've got your system set up as far as marketing and and business growth and all of those things so let's get into those three unexpected shifts that will grow your business behind the chair what's number 1 
Oh my gosh. So the first thing that I learned that helped me grow my business was I learned how to listen. And I know that this sounds very like, well, duh, <laughs> but actually learning to listen. I want you, if you're listening to this, I want you next time you're at work, especially if you're in a salon surrounded by people, I want you to listen to other stylists with their clients. And I want you to, to pay attention. Are they speaking more than their, than their client? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, about hair, just in general, right? Somebody said one time that your, you, your client should be talking 80% of the time. And I don't know. I know for me, I'm one of those people or used to be one of those people that when you talk to me, I would immediately relate things back right. th- from my life. Mm-hmm. And that's not listening. Right. I'm listening to somebody and the whole time I'm thinking, how am I going to respond? I'm not listening. Yes. I was right? just going to say there's a big difference between listening to understand and listening to respond. It's- yes. Me and my husband have this conversation all the time. (laughs) But yeah, I think there's a very big difference between, you know, let's call it like active listening and passive listening. And you're going to be able to build deeper relationships with, you know, listening to understand. And it's going to make you better able to serve your clients and understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. And there's two sides to this, right? There's the hair side like the consultation side where it's like you they may walk in and you already in your head know what you want to do to their hair so when they're telling you what they want you're kind of not listening right you're like or you're you know you're explaining things in a way that you're going to like lean them towards what you want them to do the other side of it is just in a conversation right like the one thing that my clients tell me all the time is they they come for me they come from my conversations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, some of my clients, I'm the only person that has made them feel heard in months. Mm-hmm. And that is super, super, super powerful to be mm-hmm. able to sit and just listen to somebody and not try to fix their problems, not try to relate to their problems, but just hear them goes so far. I'm getting the chills thinking about it because even for me, that's something that goes a long way for me. And that really excelled my business, not just in like, a, like you know, when you are t- you're exhausted, right? You have tried to fix all the hairs. You've tried to fix all the world's problems that sit in your chair. You're tired. Mm-hmm. You know, stop trying to fix everyone's problems and just let them be heard. Oh, that's so good. I feel like as I was listening to you, I was also getting chills. So I was like, you know, it's so true that one of the base like human desires as far as, you know, our mental health is being heard. That's what people want to feel. And it kind of brings me back to why people leave stylists, right? Why people search for new stylists. And a lot of the time, you know, it's because they want to change or they want something different. And to me, when I hear that, I think, okay, so if you ask most stylists, they would probably tell you, I always offer my clients a change. I always like, you know, and so there's a major disconnect. And as you were talking and describing like the consultation and then the conversation, it it kind of hit me that maybe that's not the actual issue. Maybe it's that clients aren't feeling heard so that when you know, when you just said about how you've kind of pre-decided what you're going to do, 
I was 100%. I've definitely done that in the past. Not for every client, but those clients that particularly have come to you for a long time and you look at your schedule and you're like, oh, this person's coming in. So this is what we're going to do. And I've even gone as far as to get my color tubes ready. You oh, know? yeah. Like to prep everything. I know that I've definitely done that. So if you've already pre-decided and that person comes in and they're trying to tell you, you're you're maybe even subconsciously trying to convince them to do what you've already decided that you're gonna do. So exactly the power of listening, like that is this is something that I think everyone listening right now should write down and really do a little soul searching on because you know it's not inherently a bad thing. This is not any type of criticism, but this is human nature to listen, to respond. That's, you know, it's particularly in a work environment, right? But I think this is a really, really powerful step that you can make to deepen that client relationship and to ensure that they are feeling heard. They're being offered the changes that they need, and that's going to really increase your client retention. Absolutely. And, and it just, it's actually so rare. Yeah. Like, again, I, I, again, listen to this and then go and sit in your salon and just listen. Mm-hmm. And you will hear a client tell a story and then the stylist repeat back their version of their own story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and, and it's so interesting to me because it takes practice. Yeah. Like, it is not, especially when we are so prone to like, because it's not a bad thing. We want to be relatable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're you're going through something. I can relate. So mm-hmm. in our minds, we're making them feel better. When in actuality, we're making it about us, right? You know. And I think that practicing listening yeah. is it can go a long way. And and again, technically and just being that person for somebody, you right. know. So. so, just to recap, number one, listen more than you talk and don't just listen to respond. Listen to truly understand. Yes. So let's move on to number two. Mm, Okay. This one is also – these are not easy, just an FYI. The the personal growth things are not the easiest, but they are the most effective and are going to affect your business the most. Number two, (laughs) stop taking things so personally. Ooh. And this one is – Oh my goodness. This one's tough. So this can be a client leaving you. This can be a client not liking something that you did. This can be a client not happy with your new schedule. Not This can go into literally every aspect of behind the chair, right? This is every aspect of everyone's life in general, right? At the end of the day, people don't leave you because you're a shitty person. No. Right? And, and how many times has somebody left and like, oh, they don't like me? Okay, no, maybe they can't afford you anymore. Maybe your schedule doesn't work for them anymore. Maybe they don't enjoy the conversation as much. Maybe they do want to change and you're not giving them the change that they're looking for. Like it has nothing to do with you as a human being. Nothing. Yeah, that's a big one. It's huge and it's and it's hard. You know, I mean, I really try. I don't know how many times somebody has not come to me anymore and then I've seen them out somewhere. Right. right. And they avoid me like the fucking plague. <laughs> and I'm hurt, not because they left me, but because we had all these years together and I just want to say hi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like this like weird, like it's not personal to me that they left me. It's not personal to me that they don't want to buy a product or right. that, you know, that they're not super happy about my new schedule because they have to come in on a Saturday and I don't work Saturdays anymore. 
Right. You know, it, it's a, I just say this in the nice way possible. It's, it's a them issue, not yeah. a you issue. For sure. This expands to so many relationships when it comes to work, right? For so long, because our industry is so personal, things like moving to a new salon, wanting to go independent. If you're a salon owner, having a stylist move on to a different opportunity, all of those things can really cause a lot of self-doubt in our industry because we tie, I think as stylists, and this is something that, you know, isn't maybe the ideal, but I think it's the reality. We tie so much of ourselves to our careers, right? We take this personally, really personally. And so it, it makes sense that the relationships that we have both with our clients, colleagues, you know, salon owners, employees, anything are just that little extra bit personal. And I think that learning to separate is one of the greatest like self-preservation moves that you can make because like you said, it's not always about you. And listen, if you get the same feedback from like five people, maybe you should take a look inside. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a different conversation. But, you know, I think that as far as clients, you, sh- you shouldn't be afraid to make decisions because of how people are going to feel because people are going to feel some type of way anyway. Yeah. It's going to happen. You can work all the evenings in the world and then four of them are booked up and you're still going to lose that client, right? Or you know they're still going to be unhappy or whatever that looks like. So I think that this is a really important one because we spend a lot of time fearing change and and the repercussions of change but then we also desperately want change mm-hmm. and so all of these things you're talking about really do involve like looking inside and doing that internal work and you know getting real with yourself right and nothing changes if nothing changes exactly you know we want this magic wand to be waved and like things are going to be what we want them to be and it's like no 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 you have the wand you are the wand <laughs> i think too like i think about different things right so say i go and i get my a bang trim and i don't i'm not happy with my bangs right i want to be comfortable enough to go to my stylist and say, hey, these are a little short last time and not get, oh, well, you liked them when you left. Oh, well, you didn't tell me that you wanted them that long. You know what I mean? Like you you want somebody that's going to take responsibility. Okay. Like, well, you know, we're going to let them grow out a little bit. Like we won't do them this short night. Like that you want your clients to be comfortable coming to you. And when you take everything so personal, they are scared to come to you and they're going to leave. Because they want to feel, I want my clients to tell me if something is wrong or if they don't like something or, you know. Yeah. A redo is not always a bad thing. If you can take, you know, 30 minutes and make your client really happy and they were comfortable enough to come to you, I think that's a blessing, not something to be, you know, upset and angry about. Absolutely. I mean, you, again, you have a relationship with your clients, Mm -hmm. period. And I think about what I would want in a relationship with a friend, with a significant other, with a family member, whatever, you know, and I would want to, I wouldn't want them to be 
talking shit to other friends that they didn't like something that I did when they could just come to me and I can help them. Right. And I think that that is, I think that's super important. Also say you change your schedule and a client leaves you, right? They say, Oh, I have to have Saturdays and, and you don't take it personal and you say, okay, I will help you find somebody. I know your hair. You should go to this person, blah, blah, blah. Well, when their schedule changes again and they want to come back to you, they're going to come back to you. I don't know how many clients have have left me and then come back to me. I was just going to say, I've literally had that exact thing happen. Client was a nurse. We couldn't make the schedule work. And then all of a sudden, she switched apartments, started getting flex days, and was booking on Mondays. And it's so true that things can shift really, really quickly. And people, it's like, I know I've used this quote on the on the podcast before, but it's that Maya Angelou quote that people will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And yep. if you make someone feel nurtured and listened to and cared for, instead of getting defensive, because that's what a lot of this comes back to is stop taking things so personally so that you can stop reacting defensively. 100%. Because it's off-putting in in all relationships, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. can't talk to someone about something because you know that they're just going to get their back up, like that is something that I think is important in all, in all relationships, but especially with your clients. Well, and these first two things, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's not about you. No. And when you stop making it about you and you take your ego out of it, you actually have a happier career. And you have a happier life, right? And and I'm not saying like those real shitty people coming in like that you shouldn't stand up for yourself and have boundaries. This is not what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you know, if if you do, if you learn to listen, if you stop taking things personal and you create this business that that lights you up, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing for everyone involved, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think you can detach yourself from – the from the little things so much, right? Like, you know, someone coming in and, and being really like combative and, and you know, that is one thing that no, you absolutely should not have to deal with that. But if say Susie comes back in, like you said, and she was, her bangs were just a little too short and she just tells you like, hey, can we just keep them a little longer next time? That's not something that you need to like react to. Like, Right. In that situation, it's okay to be like, oh, okay, that's – yeah, we'll definitely do that this time and and leave it at that. It yeah. is what it is. And let's be honest. The best hairstylist on earth is going to make mistakes. 100%. 100%. If you're a hairstylist who's never made a mistake, like maybe you can turn this episode off. Right. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> like, I don't you exist. I think no. that it's a unicorn. So, <laughs> or or if you are a hairstylist that that hasn't made mistakes, you you need to mm-hmm. like you need to learn. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the the sometimes the mistakes are are the best way to learn. I mean, yeah, I'm, nobody's perfect. Like you know, it's one of those things where maybe you've got stuff going on in your life. And so this is not an episode telling you that you need to be perfect. This is just an episode to kind of spotlight some areas that will really help you not only have a better relationship with your clients and not only will help you retain and and grow and build a business that's sustainable and faster, but it's also going to make you happier in your life. 
<laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? That's the unexpected shift. Like yeah. it, it's making yourself happier in the long run, waking up in the morning, being excited to go to work, looking yes. at your book and loving everyone on your book. That's the ultimate goal, you know, Be, being excited about your life. Yeah. And I think if I could pinpoint one thing, which really fits into all of what we're talking about today, that has been the biggest shift that's made me the happiest in my life, it is learning to take accountability. Mm -hmm. Because then you don't take things so personally. It's going to make you happier and it's going to really improve your life. So, all right, let's move on to number three, the third unexpected shift that's going to help you really grow and thrive behind the chair. I mean, I feel like no one's going to be surprised that I say this, but getting my financial shit together was huge. And for so many different reasons, not just like not feeling broke anymore. Because even that time I was talking about where I was busy and this commission song, blah, 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 you know, I was making good money, but I felt broke when I came home. Like even besides that factor, right? When I got my financial shit together, I learned how to trust my decisions. I learned how I healed my money relationship at least a part of it. I feel like you're always healing it in one way or another, but I healed a big part of it where I was able to receive money in a different way. I was able to be confident in how I charged. I was able to have conversations around money. I used to have sweaty palms, shaky hands. Anytime I would be in a consultation, have to say how much something costs. Right. And then once I healed my relationship with money, I easy, hey, you want to talk about the investment? Hey, it's going to be $300 today. Right. Not, not even a drop of sweat. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I think a lot of times we project our money blocks and mm -hmm. our money shit on our clients. I think that's one of the things that I hear, you know, just in conversations in, in my time in the industry, one of the hardest things I think for stylists when they go independent and have to start talking about money, that's one of the biggest struggles. So I want to really kind of pick your brain on this a little bit because you are a money coach and I know that you're the expert on this topic. But if you're someone who does have that money anxiety and the stress surrounding money, how do you even begin to heal that? Because this is some deep rooted stuff. Like this is everything we're talking about today is not, it's not for the faint of heart, but particularly money is such a polarizing topic how do you begin to heal that relationship and move forward? I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about with the other two. It starts with self-awareness, right? right? So not just self-awareness on like, where's your money going, you know, but, but self-awareness of what did you grow up with? What are you holding on to? Are you in a scarcity mindset? Are you in an overabundant mindset? Why are you in those mindsets? Like, what did you see growing up? Like, really, really diving deep into, like, why you feel the way that you feel about money. Because at the end of the day, money is a piece of paper. Yeah, We put the value on it. We put the emotions on it. We put this is good or bad. Like, we put all of these things on this piece of paper. So we have to figure out where it's coming from first and foremost, right? And this is starting at home. You know, this, this you know, again, I, everything I do like integrates into the salon, but like a lot of it starts like rooted at home. So, so again, yeah, what did you see? Why do you feel the way you feel about money, right? Because a lot of times that's what we, we project on our clients. Like if I wouldn't pay $200 for my hair, mm -hmm. I'm going to have a really hard time taking $200 from my client. Because right. to me, well, the value, you know, isn't the same, right? 
but I am going to go spend $200 at Lululemon and they think I'm crazy. So, you know, like, so we have to really like, we have to figure out why we feel the way we do about money, why we feel the way we do about what we value and what we don't value. So I would say that would be the first step. Second is start communicating about money. And that starts at home too. You know, that starts with, you know, hey, no, I actually have some financial goals that I'm hitting. I can't do that right now. It, it's slowly just having these conversations or start if you are somebody who puts the ticket up at the front and walks away, start by just standing there. Right. You know what I mean? Start by just st- standing there and not walking away yeah, and just seeing the reaction. You know, maybe I don't know how many times I'm scared to say like, this is $300 and someone's like, that's it. That has happened to me so many times in my career. <laughs> you know, so I think putting yourself in kind of that uncomfortable place mm-hmm. and and observing, yeah. you know, and and listening. It yeah. all goes hand in hand. <laughs> Not putting your money stuff on your clients too, right? Like and I know in the past I've had the anxiety about telling someone how much it was, like and then they're like, okay, and then they grab like three hundred dollars worth of retail. Okay. <laughs> you like a hundred dollars or something. Yeah. yeah. So I've been like sweating this entire time for absolutely no reason because clearly this was something that my client wanted to invest in. And that is something that I think is important to remember too. Getting coming to you as a stylist is a choice. Like mm-hmm. your job is to present the information and allow them to decide. Your job is not to decide for them or to project any of your money issues onto them. So let's Mm -hmm. recap our three and then let's kind of get into some recommendations for resources that my listeners, our listeners can, you know, take on board and and really get into. We've got learn to listen. You got some books for that? I have to think. All my books are behind me, by the way, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't see this as you're listening, but they're all color coded, which I really enjoy. (laughs) They are. I say when it comes to listening, honestly... Anything Brene Brown. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel like her books have helped me so much learn how to listen, especially – oh, it's not up here. I think I let someone borrow it, so I'm never getting it back. Rising Rising Strong. Rising Strong was a game changer for me. There's book. actually a Netflix special with Brene Brown, and one of the things that she talks about is a misunderstanding between her and her husband and like how he had this story, how she had this story. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the most powerful things. So if you are a Netflix subscriber, you should check that out because it is really, really good. That's from Rising Strong. Is it? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's the first story she tells in the book because now anytime I have any like minute or something I need to talk, I always say the story that I have in my mind is, and that's what she teaches in that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So that one's a really, really great one. And I'm going to download that book now. And then number two. Number two. So let's see. Stop taking things personally. Hmm. Book-wise, do you have a suggestion? I Honestly, I think that everyone for all of these things should read You're a Badass by Jensen Cho. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's my ab- – it literally – I know this is very – sounds cliche and everyone says this, but that book – changed my life. It changed the way I relate to myself. It really helped me take accountability. And that's one of – because when I hear don't take things personally, for me, 
I I think of accountability and and not blaming. And maybe that's not exactly what you mean by that, but that's kind of what comes up for me. So I'm sure that there's people listening who maybe that's coming up for as well. So you're a badass. Read it. It's absolutely amazing. I'm abs- like it changed my life. I think everyone should read that book. What about you? I love that book. As far as I'm trying to think, I'm literally looking at my books right now. <laughs> I really liked Unfuck Yourself. I haven't read Ooh. it in a while, but I'm sure that that one has plenty of that in there. Right. But money-wise, I can definitely recommend quite a few. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So yeah, let's move on to number three. So Money Magic by Deborah L. Price was a phenomenal money mindset book. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. I recommend it to every single one of my clients. Great, great, great book. Another one that I'm still currently reading that I am obsessed with is called Happy Money by Ken Honda. Ooh. And that one is just a great... So money, money magic is going to do step one that we talked about. It's going to help you really figure out what your money blocks are. Where happy money, it's going to give you a different perspective around money that you're not used to hearing. And I am obsessed with both those books. I think that everyone everyone should read both of them. <laughs> I will put that list in the show notes as well so that you can refer to it because, you know, I think that that was, that was the first step for me when it came to, and, you know, I can say that taking all of these things on both behind the chair and in life. Again, I just want you to think about, it's not just for your career. Yes, that will be a byproduct of this personal growth and personal development, but you will be so much happier in your life. And that's one of the things that I always think about and increase your resilience and ability to handle change and tough conversations and just everything in your life. Yeah. I could not agree more. I mean, these things have changed my life in every aspect, even parenting. Yeah. You know, I mean, learning to listen to your child, even though they're talking about fucking Minecraft for an hour is like <laughs> a game changer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you. what I wish that I had. Yeah. Be, be what you wish that you have. Yeah. Well, I think that's at our, at our core, we all want to be understood and heard. And that is what we can do for our clients and, you know, the rest of the people in our lives. And then in turn, we're going to feel heard and understood. So yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation today, Misty. I hope that everyone listening enjoyed this and, you know, took that little bit of tough love along with the encouragement and inspiration. Yes. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.